Take your Bibles this evening and go with me to the book of Mark. Mark chapter number 7. I want to say I appreciate the opportunity to be in God's house. I have enjoyed the testimonies. Um, and to be honest, they have confirmed over and over and over again what I'm preaching. Uh, it's amazing how that God just orchestrates everything in the way that he'd have it to be done. And I tell you what. If y'all listen fast, I'll preach fast, all right? Uh, my wife told me whenever we was pulling in the driveway, she said, now remember, Brother Gravity likes to let him out at 8. You got to be done by 8. <laughs> all right. Mark chapter number 7 this evening. Uh, I do want to just take, the, take just a moment to read just the passage of Scripture before us, and then we'll try to jump right in and preach what God's laid on our heart for this time, okay? Mark chapter number 7, when you find your place, let's stand and reverence the reading of the Word of God. We'll begin reading verse number 31 of Mark chapter number 7. And again, departing from the coast of Tyreside, and he came into, unto the coast of the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coast of Decapolis. And they bring him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, and they beseech him to put his hand upon him. And he took, aside, and he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers into his ears, and he spit and touched his tongue. And looking up from heaven, he sighed and said unto him, Ephetha, that is to be open. And straightway his ears were loosed, and the string of his tongue was loosed, or the, his ears were opened, and the string of his tongue was loosed, and he spake plain. And he charged them that they should tell no man, no man but the more they, he charged them, so much the more a great deal they published it, and were beyond measure astonished, saying, He hath done all things well. He maketh both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer this evening. I dimly followers that come to your presence to pray. I want to thank you for the privilege that you've given us to be in your house. Lord, I thank you for the testimonies that spoke to my heart. Lord, thank you, Lord, for the sweet holy presence of God that we feel in this place this evening. Lord, I pray that you continue to manifest yourself. Lord, I pray that you'd show up and you'd show out. Lord, you'd get me out of the way and Lord, you'd preach through me what you won't preach. Lord, I pray that you give that you would help me, Lord, to uh, be to preach what you won't said. Lord, I pray that you'd help me not to do or say anything that will grieve or quench your Holy Spirit. But Lord, I pray that you'd help me to do nothing more than to magnify and honor you this evening. For we'll thank you, we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated this evening. As I listened to the testimonies this evening, I noticed that there was a theme that all of you had. There was some that praised God for strength, and there was some that thanked God for saving them. And there was others, yet yeah, that thanked God for doing other things in their life. But one thing boiled down to it, and it's in our text this evening. I want to preach from it this evening. It's in verse number 37. Whenever the people looked at him and they said, He had done all things well. Now I want to preach just for the next few minutes on that simple little thought, uh, he had done all things well. Can I just stop and say this evening, uh, he's done things well in my life regardless what's going on. Uh, he's still done well. Doesn't matter what my circumstances are. Uh, doesn't matter what kind of situation I'm in. Uh, I can still stand and say, uh, he had done all things well. Uh, you say, preacher, why can you say that? Because uh, I'm still saved by the grace of God. Uh, I still got Jesus living on the inside. I'm still on my way to heaven. He's still on the throne this evening. So what could be wrong? He had done all things well. I got three things that I want to give you this evening and then I'm going to be done. First off, he had done well in healing me. 
Say, preacher, what do you mean healing me? Well, look at Ephesians chapter number one, verse number seven, in whom we have redemption through his blood. Even the forgiveness of sins, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. I want to say number one, he had done well in healing me from sin, Brother Wilson. That was something that I couldn't do. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace he is saved. Through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Hey, it's not of works, lest any man should pose. Hey, he's done well in healing me from the disease called sin. There was no cure that I could find other than him. There was no cure that you could find other than him. And guess what he did the day that he come by your way? He healed you from this disease called sin. Ephesians chapter one, verse number seven, but also Galatians chapter two, verse number 20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me. Hey, can I just stop and repeat that again? Who loved me. Brother Ronnie, he loved me even when I was unlovable. He come by my way. John chapter 15, verse 13. Greater love that no man than is. Then a man lay down his life for his friend. Romans chapter five, verse number eight. But God commended his love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Hey, do you realize you was unlovable? You was wicked. You was vile. You was in need of a savior. But God came by your way. God healed you from the disease called sin who have loved me and gave himself for me brother Danny I've said it many times and I'll continue to say it brother Grant even if I'd have been the only one he still would have come and he still would have died say preacher how do you know that because he loved me. <laughs> he loved me even when I was unlovable. You say, preacher, well, I think, you know, you, you seem to be a pretty decent person. You don't know me like I know me. But he knows me better than I know me. And he still loved me and he still died for me. On a cross over 2,000 years ago, he looked down through the corridors of time. So Matthew Frank is a 16-year-old boy at the Faith Baptist Camp in Resaca, Georgia, said he's gonna need a savior. I'm gonna die so that that way he can have life and have it more abundantly. He had done well in healing me from sin. Secondly, this evening, he had done well in healing me from self. You say, now preacher, hold on just a second. Well, let me back up. He had done well in healing me from Satan. Say, now brother Matthew, I thought, hold on just a second. We still fight the devil on a daily basis. I understand that. But do you understand something this evening? Revelation chapter number 20, verse number 10 says this. Talks about the beast and the false prophet. And it says, and the devil that deceived him was cast in the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night, forever and ever. Do you realize something that's great about heaven this evening? One of the things that I love about heaven, Brother Danny, is the fact he won't be there. That, that, this old devil, this little old slew-foot himself, no doubt he sent demons my way. No doubt he's fought me every step of the way trying to do stuff for God. But guess what? One day after a while, you say, preacher, I thought he'd done well in healing you from Satan. Hey, do you understand something this evening? If it's in that Bible, it's 
as good as going to happen. Can I tell you this afternoon, he had done well in healing me from Satan. One day after a while, I'll fight the last battle. One day after a while, I'll go through the last trial. One day after a while, I'll go through the last trouble. Why? Because he has healed me from Satan. But then thirdly this evening, he hath healed me from self. You know who my number one enemy is? Me. I cause more problems than anybody else I know. And if you'd be honest, you cause more problems than anybody else you know. But you know what? But Danny, one day after a while, can I just, can I get a little personal? It's not gonna hurt to get out of the bed in the morning. You're not gonna snap Crackle Pop out of, all the way out of the bed in the morning. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Say, preacher, what do you mean? One day after a while, we're going to have a glorified body. One day after a while, when we get to heaven, we're going to have a glorified body. You say, preacher, that don't mean much to me. Hey, can I tell you, when you got football injuries and it hurts sometimes to walk and it hurts sometimes just to get up, hey, can I tell you, one day after a while, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to no pain. But even more than that, I'm looking forward to worshiping him with a glorified body. Hey, there's been times whenever he get on in service. I'd want to worship God, but my physical body didn't have the strength to, or I'd worship so much that I'd be given out. But one day after a while, I'm going to worship him for all eternity. Why? Because he's going to heal me from myself. Philippians chapter 3 verse number 21. Who shall change our vile body? Now, I don't know about y'all, but I struggle with this thing called flesh. And I struggle with keeping it right. And I struggle with making sure I'm living right, Brother Danny. Say, preacher, why? Because I'm flesh. There's something on the inside that wants to live right. There's something on the inside called the Holy Spirit that makes that leads me and he guides me and he tells me the way that I should go. And Brother Jeffrey, whenever I'm fixing to do something I shouldn't, I hear that Holy Ghost, ain't eh, don't do that. But you know what? One day after a while, I ain't gonna have to do that. You know why? Because I'm going to have a glorified body who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. Hey, can I tell you this afternoon, one day after a while, we're going to have a body like his. One day after a while, we're going to have a body that won't be vile anymore. One day after a while, we're going to get to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords with a glorified body. One day after a while, we're going to get to to see him for who he is and worship him for all eternity. Why? Because we'll have a glorified body. He had done well in helping me or in healing me, but secondly this evening, he had done well in, heal, in helping me. I got three things I want to give you this evening on this one, and I want to move on. I really want to get to my last one. He had done well in healing me, but he had done well in helping me. Brother Danny, I'm sure you're like the rest of us. I'm sure all of us in here picked up the phone sometimes and tried to call somebody when we needed help. And it would ring and ring and ring. And back in the days before they had voicemail, it would just keep on ringing. And now you get their voicemail. And Brother, brother uh, Wilson, you leave a message and they never call back. But you needed help. 
But can I tell you this afternoon, he had done well in helping me. I got three things I want to give you this evening about helping me. He had done well in helping me in the dark times. Brother Danny, there's been times in my life whenever it felt like I couldn't see my hand in front of my face. Spiritually, I couldn't couldn't see the way to go. Spiritually, I was in a dark place in my life. But you know what? This evening, I'm glad I serve a God that dwells in the thick darkness. I'm glad this evening I serve a God that helps me in the dark times. You say, preacher, how can he help you in the dark times? Because he dwells in the thick darkness. We see there in 2 Chronicles chapter number 6, verse number 1, then said Solomon the Lord had said that he would dwell in the thick darkness. 2 Samuel chapter number 22 says that he made the darkness pavilions around him. Hey, can I tell you this afternoon I don't know what your dark time is but rest assured this evening I serve a God and if you're saved, you serve a God this afternoon that can help you in your dark times because he dwells in the thick darkness. Number two this evening, not only has he helped me in the dark times, but secondly, he's helped me in the desert times. I want you to turn with me real quickly, Luke chapter number nine. Luke chapter number nine. The feeding of the 5,000 here, very familiar passage of scripture. But I want you to look with me. In verse number 12, the disciples are talking here and it says, and when the day began to wear away, then came the 12, said unto him, send the multitudes away that they may go into the towns and countries round about and lodge and get victuals. What's those last few words? For we are here in a desert place. Now, can I ask you a question this evening? You ever been in a desert place in your Christian life whenever it felt like there was dust all around you, whenever it felt like there wasn't nothing going on spiritually, whenever it felt like every time that you thought you'd see an oasis out in the middle of that desert and to find out it was really just a mirage, you'd get over there too and you'd think, oh yes, I'm finally going to give me a drink and then come to find out it wasn't nothing more than a mirage in the middle of your desert. But look down through here in verse number 16 or verse Verse number six, verse number sixteen. Then he took the five loaves and two fishes, and looking up to heaven, he blessed them and broke, and gave to the disciples to set before the multitude, and they did eat, and were all filled. And brother Danny, what was left? They took up twelve baskets. You say, preacher, what was God doing? What was the Lord doing? He was meeting their need in their desert place. And can I tell you this afternoon, if he met their need in their desert place, he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He said, I'm God and I change not. Guess what? He'll meet your need in the desert place too. He said there in Isaiah chapter 51, Verse number three, for the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. He will make her wilderness like Eden and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Did you hear that? Her desert like the garden of the Lord. And you say, preacher, what's that garden of the Lord? On my mind's eye, it looks like Eden. The garden of Eden way back in the book of Genesis. Y'all remember what I'm talking about? 
that perfect place. You know what he said? He said he'd make that desert like the garden of the Lord. He said, preacher, what can God do in my life in my dark time? He can make that desert. He can take your desert. He can take you where you're at in your desert. And he can raise up an oasis in the middle of your desert. And even more than that, Brother Danny, he can take your entire desert and turn it into a garden. Oh, the Lord, you say, preacher, how do you know that? Because he's God and beside him there is none else. He's helped me in the dark times, in the desert times. Thirdly, this evening, he's helped me in the dry times. You say, preacher, the desert and the dry times is the same thing, ain't it? No. But, laddie, my mouth is so dry right now, I can't hardly stand it. But you know what? There's been times in my spiritual life when I've been that dry. I've prayed, and it seems like the heavens was brass. Brother Blake, I've prayed, and it seemed like they wasn't getting above the ceiling. Now, if you've never been there, thank God for you. But I've been there. And Brother Laddie, it's in those dry times that I needed a drink of cool, clear water. The other message I struggle I struggle what to preach on this evening. The other message is in John chapter number four, when he told that woman that he'd be that he'd give her a well of everlasting water. You know what we got on the inside of us, Brother David? We got a well on the inside of us. We've got something on the inside of us that will never run dry. And you know what? Even in our dry times, Brother Brian, he's still that spring. There ain't nothing like coming in on a hot summer day, getting off work or even getting out after coming in from mowing the grass, man, getting in there and getting you a tall glass of sweet tea. We've got to make sure there's a little bit of ice in it. Can't have no hot tea. We don't drink hot tea around here. We're not Yankees, okay? Amen. But you drink that glass of cold, ice, cold, sweet tea. Man, there ain't nothing better, Brother David. But you know what? In your dry time, in your Christian life, there's nothing better than finding a spring. Amen. There's nothing, you say, preacher, you don't understand. My spring's bitter. You remember what he did for those children of Israel out there in the middle of the desert? They come to those bitter waters, waters of Mara. Brother Laddie, you know what he did? He made them clean. He made them sweet so they could drink. You say, preacher, you don't know what I'm going through. No, I don't, but here's the thing about it. I serve the same God that you do. My God's still on the throne. My God said he'd never leave me nor forsake me. My God said he'd go with me always. Even unto the end of the world, he said, Brother Lamar, he'd give me peace that passeth all understanding. He said he'd be a friend that seeketh closer than a brother. Guess what? This evening, he has helped me in my dry times, and he'll help you in yours too. He had done well in helping me, he had done well in healing me. Thirdly, and I'm done. (laughs) I don't know if I got enough energy to preach this. He said he had done well. In heaven. But Lamar, one day after a while, we're leaving this walk of life. And if I don't go by the way, way of the grave, Revelation chapter 4, verse number 1, I'm leaving out of here. When he says, come up hither, guess what? I'm gone. Hallelujah. I'm not, I'm not staying in this world. If you want to stay here, hey, that's fine with me. But I'm going home to be with the one that loved me enough to die on the cross and shed his blood for my sins so that I didn't have to die and go to hell. But he hadn't done well in heaven, Brother Danny. You turn over to Revelation chapter number 19. 
I don't want to take the time to go there, but you know the passage there where it talks about heaven. It talks about that city. And there's 12 gems that's represented there. There's 12 gates there and there's 12 groups there. But you know what? That's the place. He had done well. I mean, there ain't, a, there ain't a better looking city that you'll ever find. You know what? You and I get to go there. You say, preacher, why do we get to go there? Because he had done well. He had done well. You say, preacher, he, he ain't really doing nothing for me right now. Can you just stop for just a second? Stop and think about what God's brought you from already. Hey, you're just saved. You're on your way to heaven this evening. You ain't got to die and go to a devil's hell. You ain't got to spend all eternity in hell this evening. Guess what? One day after a while, when you leave this walk alive, you get to go to the best looking city that has ever been prepared. He said, let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house or many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you. Amen. You know what that tells me, Brother Lad? It's gonna be there. The streets of gold, the gates of pearl, all those different things are gonna be there. But you know what? There's gonna be people there too. Miss <laughs> Wilson was talking about the people over in Hebrews chapter number 11. Now, I've been preaching, I was preaching through that there at the church. I had almost finished Hebrews chapter number 11. And brother and laddie, we got to looking at that. And you realize that Samson's going to be there? Do you realize that Noah's going to be there? Do you realize that David is going to be there? you realize Abraham's going to be there? I can't imagine what it'd be like to sit down and talk to some of these people. Brother Danny, I sit there and I read through, I read through Hebrews chapter number 11 and I was preaching on Abraham and how that he took Isaac and he went to sacrifice to something and God just kept making that thing bigger and bigger. He said, take thy son, okay, thine only son, okay, who now loves. What did he do? He made that bigger than what it was to start with. But you know what he did, Wilson? He didn't hesitate. He took his son, went to the mount that God showed him, and if God hadn't stopped him, he'd have sacrificed him like he's told to. I can't imagine what was going through his head. But Blake, I'd love to sit down and talk to him. But even more than the people that's there, I want to see the person of that city. Say, preacher, who is this person? Can I just give you some things? And I'm going to read these real fast. So if you'll listen fast, I'll read fast, okay? Now, I want to give you these this evening. He's, not only, he's, the, he's Adam. He is anointed. He's the apostle. He's the author. He's the amen. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the ancient of days. He's the beginning. He's the begotten. He's the beloved. He's the branch. He's the bread of life. He's the bridegroom. He's the bright morning star. He's the bishop of our souls. He's the brightness of his father's glory. He's the captain of our salvation. He's our consolation. He's our chief cornerstone, our counselor, our covenant. He's chosen a God. He is Christ. But guess what? It goes on. He's the daysman. He's a deliverer. He's the day spring. He's a day star. He's the door. He's the desire of all nations. He is elect. He's the ensign. He's the everlasting father. He's Emmanuel. He's the finisher of our faith. He's our forerunner. He's a friend. He's the first fruits. He's a faithful witness. He's the fountain of life issuing from the cave of death. You say, preacher, who is this? Can I stop and get me a drink of water? And just tell you, his name's Jesus. 
If you, in case you missed who I was talking about this evening, his name's Jesus, his name's Lord of Lords, his name's King of Kings, his name's El Shaddai Elohim, his name's Jehovah, his name's Jehovah Shalom. Who is this? It's Jesus. You know what? You and I get to go see him one day. He's God. He's the gift of God. He's the governor. He's the guide. He's the glorious Lord. He's the help. He's the hope. He's the husband. He's the horn of the salvation. He's the here, the head of the church, heir of all things. He's the high priest, hell's dread, heaven's wonder. He's the holy one. He is the I am, the inheritance, the image of God's person. He's immortal. He's invisible. He's Judah. He's just. He's the judge. He is Jesus this evening. You say, preacher, who are you talking about? I'm talking about the one that loved you enough to die on the cross for your sin and get up. He's the life, he's love, he's light, he's a lily, he's love, he's lion, he's a lamb, he's a lawgiver, he's the living stone, the Lord of glory and the Lord of lords. He's the messenger, he's the messiah, he's the mediator, he's the master, he's the mighty God, he's mercy's paradox. He is a Nazarene, he's the offspring of David, he's Omega, he's the only begotten of God, he's the offering and the offerer. Say, preacher, who is that? That's the one that loved you enough to die on a cross and shed his blood for your sin. And not only is he the offer, he's the priest. He's the Passover, he's the potentate, he's the prophet, he's the propitiation, he's the prince of life, the prince of peace, he's the physician, he is righteous, the rabbi, ransom, he's the rest, he's the root of Jesse, the root of David, he's the refiner, he's the redeemer, he's the refuge, he's the resurrection, he's the rose of Sharon blooming in the shades of hell, he's the ruler, he's the rock of ages, he's the stone, he's the shepherd, the son of God, son of man, the shield, servant, seed of a woman, he's the surety, He's a sufferer. He's a savior. He's a sinless sacrifice. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Say, preacher, that don't mean much to me. It does to me. You know why? (coughs) Because all them promises that he's made, guess what that means? He's going to keep them. Brother Danny, he's a teacher. He's the truth. He's the tabernacle. He's the testator, the treasurer the tree of life. He's the witness, the word, the way, the wisdom of God. He is wonderful. In the words of the Bible, he is the fairest among 10,000s. He is the altogether lovely one. The Song of Solomon said it best. He is altogether lovely. You say, preacher, who is that? That's my God. That's the one that loved me. Died on a cross for my sin. That's the one that one day after a while we get to see him in this place called heaven. Let's stand all over the building. The musicians are coming. The Blake's asked me to give an invitation. Let me ask you a question this evening. <laughs> Do you need help? If we was all be honest this evening, all of us need some sort of help whether it be spiritually, emotionally, financially, physically, whatever. But can I tell you this evening, if you need spiritual help, He will help you. He'll help you in your dark times. 
He'll help you in your desert times and he'll help you in your dry times. But not only that, can I tell you this? If you're here not saved this evening, he'll help you get to an, he'll help you in your need of salvation. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I wonder why she plays softly on the piano. If you need to come do business with God, you come do business with God. If you need help this evening, come get the help you need. It's ready. It's available. All you got to do is ask for it. He'll pick up the phone every time. He'll let you talk to him no matter what time of night it is, no matter what time of day it is. He said, the God that keepeth Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. I'm glad he don't slumber or sleep. You know why? Because there's been a few times in the wee hours of the morning that if I'd have called somebody, they'd have probably chewed me out. Brother Lamar, he's always been there. He's always been there. I never get a busy signal when I call him. I never get voicemail. I got a direct line. You say, preacher, why? Because he saved me by his grace. These altars are open this evening. While Brother Blake sings, if you need to come do business with God, you come do business.